0: Hello and welcome to PotterNot, a podcast for those with conflicted Harry Potter feelings and those who have absorbed Harry Potter through cultural osmosis and want to dive into the good and the bad. I am Adela, a fan in crisis, and my pronouns are she, her.
1: I'm Zoe, she, her, and I'm a jaded fan.
2: I'm E, my pronouns are they or she, and I am a maybe future fan of Harry Potter.
1: We finished book one! We
2: finished a book! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which you already know, because you heard our last episode.
2: Hopefully. (laughs) If this is your first episode of Not, maybe don't start here. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We're going to do a wrap-up.
0: We're going to talk about some of the overarching themes that we've had in the podcast so far. Uh, Our thoughts, E's thoughts, reading it the first time. Zoe and my thoughts, rereading it.
1: Yep. We're going to quiz E. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Turns out there is an exam at the end of this book. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait you lovely lovely listeners have sent us in some questions and some discussion topics and so we're gonna go through those um and we'll close out the pod by talking about what's happening next which is um i don't know if you've noticed but there's six more books so we're gonna move on to (gasps) book two (laughs) (laughs) i guess we should just dive right into to big thoughts big thoughts Mm -hmm. I feel like we all
2: sort of had an arc of, like, we started out really criticizing this book a lot, and then by the end we were like, oh, we all love this, and this is great. And, yeah. like We did, didn't we? Like, the first section we talked about, I was just, like, super down on the portrayal of the Dursleys and of how Hagrid was introduced, and I was like, man, I'm enjoying this, but it's rough.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then, by the time we start getting to, like, the Mirror of Air said. Like that chapter especially sort of marks I don't know.
0: It's an example of the good writing. Yeah. That the author she just like does.
2: gets to the part that she's strong at yeah. which is like character interactions and like this really deep I don't know, just characterization stuff that's really good toward the end.
1: Yeah, and as we talked about, well I guess <laughs> this is your first experience of it, E, but um I think Adela and I both agreed that she has a strength writing endings
2: hmm.
1: for the most yeah. part <laughs> but we had some through lines for the book Hagrid's accent and sort of the classicism associated with the written version of his accent child abuse
0: from the Dursleys and from Snape
1: yes from Dumbledore and from- depending on your reading yeah I guess like rereading this was I used to reread these every year and I think the last time I sat down and reread the entire series was when I had graduated from grad school in 2014, and I was unemployed and job hunting, and I like went through and reread the whole series. And then when I moved out to Boston, I moved with my books to each apartment, but did not basically didn't open them. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to think back, like, okay, it's been basically six years since I've reread the whole series, even just one book in, is there any like big differences in feeling? And I think the most fascinating thing is that there isn't for me.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: In a very complex way, it feels, I think Adela, you're going to echo this, it feels kind of like coming home. It's Mm -hmm. very comforting. It's very familiar. But it still annoys me in all the ways that it has basically since the series ended.
0: It's almost like the annoying parts are also part of coming home to it. Yeah. (laughs) Like being annoyed by the same things.
1: The way that your parents' house creaks is different the way than your apartment creaks, but you're used to it even though it annoys you. Yeah. Yeah. It is a complex feeling, and if you listened to our previous episode, you heard our drop-in about the situation with J.K.R. and her Twitter and the fact that she's a horrible transphobic human. Mm -hmm. But I think... The last time I reread these books, I knew that. And so for me, it hasn't changed all that much.
0: I think the last time I reread these books, I did not know that. Because I only started seeing the conversation about that online like a year ago, maybe. And I last finished rereading the books about a year and a half ago was the last time I reread all the books. So
1: I think that transphobia wasn't out and about on the internet five, six years ago, but her casual homophobia and racism was
0: mm-hmm. yeah that those are those are those things that i've talked about i didn't pick up on probably yeah. because i every time i reread them after reading them the first time i was reading them in the same way i read them the first time kind of yeah if that makes yeah. sense like i was like oh i love these books i'm going to continue reading and loving these books not Critiquing them like I would critique a book that I'm reading for the first time at this point. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I know people have been saying that, like, her transphobia is much more evident in her pseudonym writing.
0: Yes, I have heard that also, which I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah,
2: which I had barely heard about until recently. But that there's some, like, really gross treatment of trans characters in that.
1: Yes. If you turn your brain off completely, it's a well-plotted mystery. If you use your brain at all, it's gross. Have you read it? Oh, Yeah, I've read all three. Okay. I could not get through Casual Vacancy, which was her first post-Harry Potter novel.
0: See, I liked it at the time. I could not get through it. I read it once when it came out, and I, I remember having trouble getting into it, but loving it by the end. But I don't know what I would think if I reread it now, so.
1: Yeah, but I read her pseudonym, Mysteries. I can't remember what they're all called. I think Cuckoo's Calling is the first one, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the stories revolves explicitly around like really bad transphobic views of a character. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like critical to the mystery itself, which I hate because again, she's actually a good mystery writer. She's good at plotting a mystery. And Mm -hmm. it's so disappointing because actually she could have just like gone forth and like written like a whole bunch of mainstream, right? Like it could have been great. Um, And instead she went down this path and it's disappointing, which I think is another thing that we can say about these books is that like not a lot surprised us. Even the surprises that you had, E, Mm -hmm. weren't huge surprises. Yeah. Although I will say I was genuinely quite surprised by the twist at
2: the end of this book.
1: Yes, that's true. (laughs) Like I said, she's a good mystery writer. Uh, should we jump into favorite moments and characters?
2: Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a Neville fangirl so far. Like, that is, that is where I'm at.
0: I was going to say, we, we we all, like, just love Neville on this reread.
2: In this we house, do.
1: we love Neville.
0: Protect the boy.
1: Protect this boy. Uh, MVP. Yes. I also love Neville. And Ron. Like Harry is and still my, my favorite character.
2: <laughs> yes. I think Harry is
1: still also my favorite character. I'm not sure that anybody could replace Harry in that for me. Mm-hmm.
0: But I will say Neville was never on my list of favorite characters. Oh, interesting. And like, I think maybe he started to be towards the end of the books. Like maybe around book five and onwards. But like this time, right from the beginning, I'm like, yes, <laughs> Neville. It's
2: really interesting I was just thinking coming out of this book of the four primary protagonist characters that we have between Harry, Ron, Hermione and Neville. I think Harry is actually the one I'm least invested in out of those four.
0: It's probably because it's the first book and we don't see a lot of his inner thoughts,
2: I guess, in this book. Like there's definitely some moments
1: where Harry like really shines. I do want to read this Tumblr post that I put in our little discord. It is about Neville that both of you enjoyed and it is not a spoiler. So I get to read it Um, from CYWS cross uh, on Tumblr, .tumblr magicfolk.tumblr.com. I had a thought Neville's greatest fear was Snape. And for 10 months of every year, for seven years, he went back and faced that fear over and over and over again. It would be like tossing Ron into a nest of spiders every day or pitching Harry against a Dementor every day. Neville went back for potions every time, never skipped out, never ran away. Kid was braver than anyone ever noticed from the very beginning, even before he started standing up for himself.
0: I cried reading that, and I'm going to cry again now that you just read
2: it to me. It's so again. good.
1: He's such a wonderful kid. He's smart and kind and dedicated yeah loyal and very brave i i do love him a lot harry is still my favorite and i don't think that will change Mm -hmm. but i think e you have a not uncommon perspective there any favorite moments yeah oh gosh
2: i mean honestly i think the one that's gonna stick with me the longest is the chess scene yeah Mm -hmm. like that's probably gonna be the one i keep coming back to
0: Because of Ron.
2: Because of, like, it's just, like, I mean, I'm a sucker for, I don't know, well-made, like, sacrifices for friends. Like, that kind of writing gets me really hard. But, yeah, it's just, like, a a perfect little vignette that shows, like, you know, here's what this character is. Here's what he's super good at. Here's his moment to shine. And that's that's really well done.
1: I do love that moment. Adela, did you have an original... (laughs) <laughs> favorite moment, and did it change? I can't
0: remember what my favorite moment would have been when I first read it because I was eight, and I don't know if I had one later. But this time, I think my favorite moment is the when the trio first becomes the trio. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: because it like actually made me cry t- this time. So, yeah. <laughs> and I always love the things that make me I'll cry. Also,
2: give a shout out to the writing of the Quidditch match commentary. Oh, yes, I think mm-hmm. twice in this book, just like
1: top notch dialogue writing yes we get
0: more of that i love i love a lot of the dialogue writing in these books
1: i think that was always one of my favorite moments is that first quidditch match where harry it's like total confusion and then harry mm-hmm. is like coughing up the snitch there's something about like that mental image i have of him on all fours yeah. like, coughing it up and then like still on his hand and two knees and like waving that snitch in the air being like i got it i got the snitch the match ended yeah, in that's total a very chaos vivid image it's a very vivid image i am someone who actually enjoys reading all the quidditch matches i don't think that that's as common
2: huh. yeah i'll say i think the match descriptions themselves
1: like you like the commentary yeah yeah i also love the commentary that also
2: happens to me with descriptions of I mean, obviously not in this series, but, like, things like sword fights or martial arts yes. fights, yes. when they're written in text, I just...
1: Like, okay, this is not a spoiler. There's a big war coming, yes. right? Like, descriptions of battle scenes, I glaze over, even in these books, even reading them. But the Quidditch scenes, I will read over and over.
0: I think I'm the opposite. I like reading the Quidditch scenes because of the commentary. And I, I don't like be- reading battle scenes ever. But I like reading the magical, like, duels and battle scenes Mm
2: -hmm.
0: better than I like reading other types of battle scenes and other
2: That
1: makes sense, yeah.
0: Yeah. Also much better than watching the movies because they do it wrong in the movies. (laughs)
1: They do do it wrong in the movies. (laughs) I think this time around, that Quidditch moment is still a favorite. But I think I have a new appreciation for the Mirror of Erised scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me too. Because I never, I don't think I ever thought about it before. The fact that he doesn't know what his parents look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a gut punch. Yeah. I don't think I'd read it that closely ever before where he had to puzzle it out and I just never thought about it. I and didn't even read it that
0: closely this time. It was you pointing it out that it was like, oh, right.
1: I think that paragraph, which on the American edition is page 208, she was a very pretty woman. Um, and then ends the very top of the next page where he says, mom, he whispered dad hmm that like paragraph plus sentence wrecked me in a way that I didn't expect and that I didn't remember having that reaction to hmm and also like <laughs> Adela and I keep saying this Harry's our favorite character Harry's always been my favorite character and that sort of recognition of that moment where he gives himself time to breathe JKR gives the writing time to breathe in that moment I think I just, that's become a new favorite moment for me, I think. Yeah,
2: it's definitely, definitely a very good moment.
0: Here's a question. We didn't talk about if we want to talk about Pottermore at all, but did we have a favorite Pottermore page that we read? I like McGonagall's name.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think McGonagall's name is the favorite thing that that I think we read. I think the thing that's going to stick with me
2: the longest is the Ollivander page, just because of what abject nonsense it was. (laughs)
1: Like, total bullshit page.
2: complete, absolute nonsense.
1: I think for me, the the moment that I enjoyed the most was the Mirror of Erised page, and never having thought about the distinction between usefulness and fun before
0: that was really interesting to notice and to like start to think about how wizards split
1: up the world yeah that was interesting like that's something that is exactly the example of thing that i want from pottermore yeah we're reading that and now helps flesh out the world in a way that helps and a way that i can use to inform my future readings Mm -hmm. because again and this is not a spoiler there will be other artifacts that come across the page, yeah. And so thinking through, like, okay, who might have created this, and was it for was
0: it for use, fun? or was
1: it for? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a distinction that I had never made before. I never really thought about before, but that lines up perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really really useful to think about.
0: Look what look forward to many more MacGuffins. <laughs>
2: many
1: many more <laughs> MacGuffins,
2: Florida. I know there are. There's at least one more book with a MacGuffin in its name. <laughs> uh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, uh.
1: Hold that thought.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh,
1: I'm now trying to count in my head <laughs>
2: me too. I also don't We talked about this off off recording a little bit. I don't know if I can name every book.
0: Oh, that's not one of my quiz questions, I d- but
2: <laughs> i d- I don't know if I know
1: seven book names. Uh, swap out the Weasley one with that one.
0: Okay, because we already did the... Yeah, okay, we'll do that.
1: Speaking of, I think it is time for the quiz. All
2: right, all right.
0: Are you ready, do E? Need, do
2: I need a number two pencil? <laughs> <A> bubble
1: sheet? <laughs> so I think we are going to start with number two, because we're going to swap that yes. last one. Oh, have
2: you, have you both been conspiring on this?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Perfect.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, E... Who was Neville Longbottom raised by?
2: Um, you don't have to have a name. I think grandparents. I remember him mentioning grandparents and an uncle in the...
0: I would give you half marks for that.
1: Yeah, half marks. What was the answer you wanted? Specifically grandmother. his grandmother, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. E, name the four heads of house and what subjects they teach. So current, not founders current, current okay. yes
0: although that would have been a good question yeah too, but that's I, all I,
1: extra credit you can name the
2: founders no, I absolutely do not know the founders okay. um okay so i know it's mcgonagall for gryffindor
1: and what does she teach
2: hell if i know um, okay. <laughs> wait, no wait hold on transfiguration yes yeah. yes um is it snape for slytherin
1: uh-huh okay mm-hmm.
2: and potions
1: yep mm-hmm. These are the two harder ones. Yeah, I
2: know that they're at the end with the traps and things. So I know that I have a limited set of options to pick from.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know any, do you know names, subjects, or houses?
2: (laughs) I think the one that did the plant is Hufflepuff.
0: This is
1: correct. Do you remember her name? No, I do not
0: it's a plant name
1: i'm sure it is (laughs) do you remember the name of the subject that she teaches
2: is it herbology
1: it is is okay her name is professor sprout
2: sprout that's it okay okay
1: and then the last one
2: ravenclaw is the one who did the keys Mm -hmm.
1: that's correct do you know what subject it is it's our favorite subject it is our favorite subject (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the thing that most magic falls under. Um charms. Yes. Correct. Okay. Do you remember the name I of the professor? I do not know the
2: name of the professor.
1: Professor Flitwick.
2: Okay. Okay. The tiny
1: little wizard who yes. has to stand on a pile, a of, pile books. of books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cute. So it's Professor Minerva McGonagall teaching transfiguration, yep. Professor um I almost said Snivellus. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Severus Snape, teaching potions. Professor Phileas Flitwick, teaching charms. And Professor Pomona Sprout, teaching herbology. Nice.
0: All right. Question number three. What are Draco's cronies' full names?
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) This is a little bit of a mean question because you only see their first names in the sorting ceremony. Yeah.
0: And the rest of the time, it's just their last name. It's
2: Crab and Goyle. Mm -hmm. Yes. I absolutely have no idea what they're i thought those were their first names frankly
1: ah
0: (laughs) it's vincent crab and gregory goyle
2: wow yes those are remarkably standard first names they are (laughs) (laughs) to go with draco malfoy and those last names
1: okay let's see if you can dig deep into early chapters question number four where did harry get the idea for hedwig's name huh
2: Okay. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say he read a name in a book. That's
0: correct. correct.
1: Do you know what subject that book was under?
0: I'll give you a hint. It's the book that he never reads again after that moment. Because
1: yeah. <laughs> it's a horribly boring class. I
2: mean, I assume it's got to be a history book of some sort, but I do not. Yes. I do not know. I'm taking shots in the dark
1: no it was a very good shot in the dark it's his history of magic textbook okay
0: okay question number five what is harry's favorite dessert it doesn't say that it's his favorite dessert in this book but
1: he eats a lot of it
0: (laughs) and we know later that it is his favorite
1: is he the one that
2: eats treacle tarts
0: yes that is correct
2: nice (laughs) have
0: you ever had treacle tart
2: no
1: but i've had treacle
0: I feel like it would be way too sweet
1: for me. It's like pecan pie with other pecans. Yeah. Like, it would be like a sweet butter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, pecan
2: pie is already, like, I mean, it's one of my favorite pies, but it is so much.
1: hmm Yeah. All right, second to last question. Question number six. What is Hagrid's first name? Ruvius.
2: I remember this. Yes! Because I did Excellent. not know he had one. <laughs> and I learned it.
0: <laughs> I knew that would be an easy question.
1: <laughs> for me specifically. All right
0: question number seven is
1: no cheating on this one
0: yeah no cheating can you name all seven okay i
2: intentionally cannot see the set of four that that zoe loaned me um (laughs) do i have to put them in order no okay because like i know i know that the first one is is sorcerer's stone philosopher's stone yes i know that the last one is deathly hallows Yes, (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the third one that comes to mind is Cursed Child, but I know that's the... That's the... Nope. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Not a book. I'm removing a point. I, I lampshaded <laughs> that one. I know it's <laughs> not <true>. real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright. Okay. Uh, so I need to name five other books. There is... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Goblet of Fire is one of them. Yep. Yes. That's number four. Okay. There is... Uh, prisoner of azkaban number three okay i don't remember the full title of this one but there's one with a prince
0: mm-hmm.
2: i don't know the full title of that one all right that's number six
0: the half blood prince half blood prince prisoner. there we go mm-hmm. so you've got two and five left gosh two is the one we're reading next so <laughs> i know mentioned i, it think a few I times. just
2: looked at this <laughs> book earlier today and i don't remember my brain has no thoughts in it right now it's okay. it's incredible I'm sure that I've seen these recently. You calling it? Give, give me like five more seconds. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't have it.
1: There's two that I could not think of. Yeah, you got four and a half points out of seven. That's pretty good. Right. All right, that's uh, passing. For never having read them. Um, number two is Chamber of Secrets. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: And number five
0: is Order of the Phoenix. Mm.
1: Okay, I
2: don't think I would have ever pulled that. But that was pretty damn good. Yeah.
0: I was not keeping score.
2: I you
1: was. Pass.
2: Yeah,
0: did I pass? <laughs> yes. Um, 100%. Probably not 100%, but...
1: <laughs> you got more than 50%, and also, this is a matter. game where the points don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also,
0: I own. decided that I'm going to do seven questions at the end of every book, because seven is a magic number that's important. Seven is
1: a good number. <laughs> yes. Answer. Okay, right. I think we're going to uh, move on to some... Listener questions. Yeah. Did we get any questions that I can't read? No. Okay. Well, let me double check the twi- the Tumblr one final time. While
2: Zoe's looking, um, shout out to everyone who's been, like, really nice about the show. We've gotten some really yeah. good and positive feedback, which is very nice to read. So, thank you. Shout outs to
0: Steve for the very long comment they yeah. uh, sent today. Uh, shout out to our friends on various discords for... Shoutouts to the person who I didn't know who told me that her friend loves our podcast and it was really
2: cool. That's awesome. Like it That's is sure. wild that this thing is a thing. It yeah. is.
1: We did not get any secret questions. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so I think we'll just run down the list basically. I yeah, got a fair number we of questions. Things. Yeah. So from Human Stress Me on Twitter. Uh, what are some of the other books that we enjoyed as kids and what are some books written for kids that we enjoy as adults Um, and they offered that the Animorphs and Artemis Fowl are their options there
0: I have not read either of those
1: (laughs) me either actually Artemis Fowl is a weird series I do recommend the first two I don't know that I recommend anything past that Hmm. personally (laughs) So my mother likes to tell this story about how, like, there was a solid year or two where all I read was Harry Potter on repeat. And she went to the school (laughs) librarian and was like, what do I do to get my daughter to read something else? And the school librarian was like, here is this book. It's called Holes. And then she brought it home and I read it and I loved it. Ah, Uh, So that's one that I really enjoyed as a child uh, and think I deeply recommend that book. I think Holes is a great uh, young adult novel. I think it's a a wonderful story. Personally. Other series that I read as a kid, Redwall. I was going to say that, yep. Yep. Yeah. And Terry Pratchett. And then got a little older, Sabriel, Liriel, Ebhorson mm. series by Garth Nix, um, which is known as The Old Kingdom. The His Dark Materials series. And then I just want to give a shout out to the only poetry I ever read and loved as a child, which is A.A. A. Milne. And Shel Silverstein. Nice. So I love A Light in the Attic, Where the Sidewalk Ends and Falling Up. I think they're amazing, amazing books of poetry. I think that they appeal to the children that still lives inside of adults. Mm -hmm. So to answer that second part of the question, what are some books written for kids that you enjoy as adults?
0: I read Winnie the Pooh last year. I read Winnie
1: the Pooh last year. and. I, I loved it. was so, so awesome. good. It was really good, it turns out. Yeah. So my favorite childhood characters, this tells you a lot about me. My favorite <laughs> childhood characters were, no joke, Eeyore and Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> when the final Peanuts comic strip from the newspaper came out, which was published, like, the day after Charles Schultz died. Mm-hmm. I sat on the floor of my living room and cried for an hour and then cut that out of the newspaper and I still have it. Oh, that's really sweet. I have always loved Charlie Brown and I have always loved Eeyore. When I was six, I had a pin the tail on the Eeyore at my birthday Aww.
2: party. <laughs> I think I may have also had a pin the tail on the Eeyore at a birthday party.
1: It's a great pin I the tail like on I feel like I might whatever. have also. <laughs>
2: it's great yeah. because Eeyore's great. tail is like that's how it, it's is it's
1: off. <laughs> it is pinned on so those are my recommendations for books that i enjoyed as children
0: so i also read a lot of red wall um well as much as i could find and mm-hmm. i continue to find i think i've read them all now but there's so many i'm not 100 percent sure um i also read a lot of, i read like classics like anne of green gables francis hodgson burnett I read The Secret Garden and A Little Princess. And recently, last year, I read um, The Lost Prince, I think it's called. Yeah, The Lost Prince, which like took me straight back to reading those books as a kid, and I loved it. And uh, before I read Harry Potter, I think I mentioned before, I read almost exclusively Nancy Drew,
1: um, mm.
0: which I would not recommend now <laughs> and would not read again now, but that is what I was reading at that age. But now I do actually still read quite a few new junior fiction books i like like uh some of my favorites i have three favorites um jerry spinelli i have read a couple yeah. of his books and really loved eggs especially is my favorite there's a book called uh umbrella summer by lisa graff and it is about a little girl uh dealing with the death of her older brother. And it's really, really good. And it's probably the book that has made me cry the most out of any book. And uh, the other one is Breadcrumbs by Anne Ursu, which is a fantasy about a little girl rescuing her best friend from an evil witch. But Mm. it's like beautifully written and has like a lot of themes of friendship and uh loneliness and stuff like that and it's really good yeah i also read narnia and uh, the little house on the prairie books
1: oh yeah i read those i read a lot of tolkien mm-hmm.
0: i did not read that when i was a kid i read that, that not my... books for children, <laughs> those are not books for children clear,
1: i think i was 10 or 11 when the first movie came out i read the hobbit when i was in fourth grade and okay, so I was, that's, that one is for children i was nine <laughs> i guess in f- fourth grade i read the hobbit on repeat i have to
0: mention a couple others i'm I'm looking at my bookshelves right now. I'm like, oh, (laughs) I read those books so many times. Um, The Inkheart books by Cornelia Funk. Oh, yeah. And and The Thief Lord by Cornelia Funk, which I've read more times than the others.
1: The Urban Fairy Fantasy books by Holly Black. Want to give those a shout out?
0: I never finished those, but um, I think I started them in high school. The Enchanted Forest Chronicles by Patricia C. C. Reed. Still Mm. my favorite dragon books of all time. They are the books that made me love dragons yeah. <laughs> and yeah. fantasy.
1: Um, I didn't mention the Phantom Tollbooth. Oh yeah. A book that I have tattooed twice on my Phantom body. Tollbooth is <laughs> a huge one for me. Phantom Tollbooth is one of the best books I've ever read. Yes. It is funny and it is lighthearted and it is kind and it is hilarious and it has oh, incredible yeah. illustrations.
0: Never read it. Oh, it's so Please, good. You. It is
1: an allegorical tale. And if I tell you what it is about, you're going to be like, well, that's dumb. So I will just say it is about a boy named Milo. And he's very good.
0: I'm going to mention one more and then we'll let you talk <laughs> um, because I keep just yelling. There's one, there's a book that probably nobody has heard of. It's called The Velvet Room. I have to go look at who it's by. It's, I got it from the library book sale and it's very old. The Velvet Room by Zilpha Keatley Snyder, which is an incredible mm. name. Good name. It's about a family who moves to an apricot farm to work on the farm because they went bankrupt. And it's set in like the 50s or 40s i'm not sure and she discovers this abandoned mansion on the property that she thinks is haunted and it's just like it's called the velvet room because there's a room in the mansion that is like all velvet curtains and she goes there just to like have quiet time mm. <laughs> and i don't know why i loved that book so much but i probably read it 10 times as a kid yeah
2: sweet Big echo on narnia like that was <laughs> that probably would have been my harry potter Um, Mm -hmm. as a kid, like, that is the series that sort of defined my childhood reading. Like, when those movies started coming out, like, that was some of the first movies I saw in theaters, were the Narnia movies. A very special place in my heart. I didn't read that many series, um, now that I'm thinking back on it. Like, I read The Hobbit. My dad read Lord of the Rings out loud. To us, but mm-hmm. I think I was young enough at that point that it didn't make a huge impression. Uh, I remember there was a series I was really into um, that was like historical fiction written as diaries from the perspectives of mm-hmm. like fictional. Oh.
0: is that yes. like the Dear Dear America, Dear America books? America, and Dear, yeah. Ca- I
2: read so many Dear Canada books. I have no idea if those hold up. Um, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. But like there were, and there were like ones from. Other historical eras as well, like, there yeah. were princesses, like, uh, there was a Cleopatra one, I think, and a young Queen Elizabeth First one, I think. Mm-hmm. Also with, like, the classic sort of, you know, uh, A Little Princess and Secret Garden. There was a while when I kept being given horse girl books. <laughs> uh, I've never been a horse girl. But I was friends with the horse girls, the just because I happened to live in the rural Midwest, like there was a high probability that that um, kids my age would be horse girls, <laughs> and so I ended up reading like, gosh, I can't even remember the names of them, like Black Beauty, and or the ones about the the ones in Virginia, the the wilds. I don't know if I know Virginia. I don't remember. Anyways, there's books about horses. There's a lot of them. <laughs> I've probably read a lot of them. I definitely read a couple.
1: <laughs> I definitely read Black Beauty,
2: which is a really difficult book to read. Misty
1: of Chincoteague. That's the one. Oh right, I never read that one.
0: I read horse books because my brother was a horse boy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. mm-hmm.
1: Shall we scoot right along? Yeah, let's
2: let's scoot along. I have one more. We'll talk about books forever. <laughs>
0: Can I shout out one more? Yes.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Okay, because I just thought of it. It was the book that I said was my absolute favorite book as a child when I was a child, which was, and I still love it, it's called Awaken Dreaming by Kit Pearson. Kit Pearson is a Canadian children's writer. And Awaken Dreaming, I've read all, I think all of her books, there's like a series that are about um, children displaced by war Mm. and stuff. But Awaken Dreaming is about a girl who, dreams herself into a perfect family it's like a surreal surreal fantasy i guess it's just about her dealing with or like learning about what real family is and the real family that she actually has anyway it's very good (laughs)
1: um i just want to give a shout out to tomi ariemi who writes the children of books blood and bone and the second one which is virtue and vengeance these are new Mm. so this is not something i read as a child but um I did train as a teen librarian, even though I am not a teen librarian. Well, I'm sort of, I'm academic, but I work with teens. I used to keep up a lot more with YA fiction. And since we are reading Harry Potter and Eddie books are often categorized as like Harry Potter of Africa, let me be clear. (laughs) A, that's like, it's really insulting to a lot of incredible writers who are writing Different things
0: that just have to do with magic. I've always hated when people are like, This is the next Harry Potter. Yeah. It's on the back of so many book covers and I hate it. Yeah. It is. I used to hate it because I thought that nothing could beat Harry Potter, but now I hate it because I'm like, no, stop comparing it
1: to other books exist. Literally, this is the sequel, and on the back, the first quote blurb is meet Tommy Arayami, the new JK Rowling. Yep, uh, she's that good. And it's like, first of all. Tomi no. Adeyemi is better in a lot of ways than <laughs> And second of all, they're completely different. Yeah. But given that they are compared, I do want to give a shout out to the Children of Series by Adeyemi. A D E Y E M I. Tomi Adeyemi, T O M I. I do highly recommend these books. The first one is A Chonker. That's on my uh, T Reads list. Okay. Um, that's my uh, reader's advisory for today. I've done my librarian duties.
0: <laughs> I take back my comment about this episode being short.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cole sent in four questions. I think we're going to choose a couple of them. Thank you so much, Cole, on Tumblr for sending these in. I think we are going to answer a quick one. What would our animal companion be taking to Hogwarts and what would we name them? What are the options again? You get a rat, an owl, or a... No, not a rat, technically. A toad, a cat, or an owl. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. The rat's a special case.
0: Yes. I would have an owl. I would probably have an elf owl uh, named Pippin.
1: That's very good. That's very cute. I would probably have a barn owl named Mishmish, Mish, which means apricot in Hebrew. Uh Oh. Because their faces kind of look like an apricot. I would
2: probably have a cat. I obviously, you guys have had much more time in your lives to think through this sort of self insert <laughs> situation than I have. So I don't have a ready, you know, cat coat color or name, but it would be a cat. You got a name? Um,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I would use the name of of my family cat, but that's a Lord of the Rings reference, and I don't think that would fly.
0: So was my <laughs> owl name. So,
2: all right, then it would be Strider. <laughs>
0: we would be Muggleborns, so we can use as many Muggle left right. references as we that's want. That's fair.
1: Lord of the Rings probably exists. Strider the cat. Strider that's
0: the good. cat. Yeah. Nice.
1: I think this is a good, interesting question uh, that Cole asks here. Uh, Cole says, I went to the Harry Potter theme park at Universal Studios in Florida, and both days I was there, I decked myself out in the Hufflepuff house colors and clothes. One of the staff, joking in character, rolled their eyes and said that Hufflepuffs were always the loudest and proudest of the houses. They were a Slytherin. Would you agree with their sentiment, and do you think Hufflepuff pride has gone up over the years? And if so, what do you think brought about this change?
0: I would 100% agree.
1: Yeah, I have a quick answer of, like, yes, it's gone up, and the reason is a Very Potter musical. Yeah. yeah I
2: will say that as an very outsider, like, even before a Very Potter musical, I think, but I think, like, I always heard the most about Hufflepuffs for sp- the specific reason that the
1: books... Ignore them. Mm-hmm. They're the easiest to identify with, right? They're the catch-all. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're the, like, well, if you don't fit anywhere else, then you're a Hufflepuff. And also yeah. I think enough, when did, hang on, I need to pull up Know Your Meme. <laughs> uh, oh, are you talking about Honey Badger? No, Cinnamon Roll. <laughs> okay, that's another thing. Beautiful Cinnamon Roll, Too Good for This World, Too Pure, That's is a very from... like 2000 well 14 of oh 2014 oh, wow. uh, is the origin of the original article from the onion which is way later than i thought it was yeah Damn, same. Never mind <laughs> i thought that that was part of the sort of rise of the hufflepuff because uh, <laughs> hufflepuff and pure cinnamon roll Meme yeah, often get inflated. Like small bean yeah. type of small bean, language. Good boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's also a desire for kinder content. Yes. In mm-hmm. the past ten years, in certain areas of the internet, and it has grown. But, yeah. but also, as Adela said, Hufflepuffs are very good finders. <laughs> <laughs> Find. <laughs> I also love that the entire Harry Potter fandom was like, I don't give a fuck about Cursed Child, but Hufflepuffs, they're good finders. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is canon. <laughs>
1: it's, it's fucking well, canon. Well, that's the thing about fan <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. It is a head canon that has become fan canon. Yeah. Yep. To use academic terms. So Q on Twitter, PolyamorousQ. So we are going to <laughs> answer the first question. <laughs> that q has given us which is i meant to think about this one and i forgot good Good. no this is an on the spot question given the opportunity to go back in time and be the author's editor what changes would you recommend to this book (laughs) specifically
2: um i would Um, recommend that they fix the sorting hat scene
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and the, also the scene with the devil snare about, about yes, Harry yeah.
2: Yeah, the, I mean like, those are the things we've brought up uh, as like editing errors
1: I also think I would encourage her to like in terms of content editing yes. I think I would encourage her to let Harry's first week at Hogwarts breathe more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because right now I actually think there's too much of the Dursleys and not enough in his first I week at Hogwarts
0: Um, I would encourage her to rethink the way she writes goblins and the Dursleys. Yes.
1: And and
2: Hagrid. Fat shaming in general. Yes. I would ask her to take a second look at the Dursleys and at, like, yeah, just, like, the the speed at which, like, lore stuff is introduced because it sort Mm -hmm. of comes in bursts. Like, you get Mm -hmm. Diagon Alley chapter, which is just absolutely full of wizarding nonsense and then a Dursley's chapter, which is like nothing, and then the train ride thing, which is it, like it—it's—it's it's sort of chopped up.
1: Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that could be fixed with hindsight, but I think even just—and I think E is pointing out a really important thing, right? Because you haven't read the next books, and so you don't have the hindsight.
2: Mm-hmm. Is
1: thinking about like, let's say it's 1996, and you've just got this manuscript put down on your desk. What kind of content? and pacing and etc changes do you make Mm -hmm. yeah the lore maybe removing a Dursley chapter so that he doesn't go back to the Dursleys because that's such a weird you're right it's such a weird transition and give it more time to breathe in the first week of Hogwarts all those little things
0: yeah but an editor in 1996 in England probably would not catch the other things that we're saying about content Yeah. Be given, given the other books that were being written yeah. at that time. But...
1: I mean, yeah.
2: 2020 me would say to the author, like, take out some of the lore dump that doesn't actually matter to the plot of this book. And, like, some of the sorting hat scene where you get a ton of students' names that don't come back in this book. Like, just trickle that stuff in a little slower. Like, I know you have a plan for this series, and I know all of this stuff is going to come back at some point, but there's just too much information. In some places,
0: I never found the lore dump as jarring, but I don't know if it's because I've read it so many times. <laughs>
2: it's not like it's not bad. It's just the Sorting Hat scene was like a little egregious to me. Of just like, oh my god, there yeah. are so many names,
0: and you think that they're important because they're being right, named. Because That's like, like, I feel like I read, I read a thing. I can't remember who said this, but something about. Tips for writing, and it's don't name someone unless they're important. It makes me
2: think of because we all have experience with tabletop games of like the new GM sort of trap of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make all these NPCs and name them and flesh them all out with personalities, and then just (laughs) have them unready. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) Look, I wasn't
1: gonna.
0: (laughs) No need to name names here.
1: We all, you know, are fans of things that maybe we're not fans of anymore for a variety of reasons. It, it happens. It's a very
2: common thing for anybody who's writing or designing a story or things like that.
0: Character creation is fun. Character I get it. Character
2: creation is a lot of fun. Sometimes you just want to name a bunch of first-year Hogwarts students. Maybe you don't need to. <laughs> it's okay.
1: All right. Uh, shout out to both Q and Zig. Zig314 on Twitter for asking... Uh, basically the same question, so I'll just paraphrase both of them. Hey, E, you got any predictions for what's going to happen down the line? (laughs) Um, absolutely not.
2: (laughs) Uh, okay. I have, no joke, in the last 15 minutes or whatever it's been, I've already forgotten the name of the second book. So I can't even, like, say (laughs) what I think is going to happen based on the title. I know that at some point there's a tournament and I'm looking forward to that. But I have no idea when in the series that is.
1: Do you have any, like, character arc predictions or desires? Let's let's twist it a little bit. I yeah. think
2: the character arc that I'm looking forward to the most at this point is Malfoy. Okay. Oh, great. I am Good. very Ed interested Ford.
1: to see what happens with
2: Malfoy. I'm glad. Like, I
1: feel like... Boy, do I have some fan fiction I am so fucking ready to give you. Um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll say that, like, I've sort of gotten the sketch
2: of a lot of characters in this book. Like, I can sort of see where Harry's gonna go. I can sort of see where Hermione's gonna go in in vague terms. Malfoy doesn't get a lot of screen time is the wrong word, but he doesn't get a lot in this book. And I know that he is a character that a lot of people have very strong feelings about.
0: He is another one of my favorite characters. Yeah,
2: I know that a lot of people care very much about Draco Malfoy. So I'm I'm looking forward to that, that character arc.
1: Genuinely, I think that that's a good thing to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Three. I have a lot of feelings about Draco Malfoy in the last <laughs> two books. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings about Draco Malfoy's mother mm. in the last two Me books. Me too! <laughs> I wrote a massive paper in college about mothers in Harry Potter. Oh, and love oh that to read sounds
2: that. really interesting.
1: I can try and dig it up. We should have I you read, read about that sometime. It. Yes. It is a theme that I am passionate about, and I have very specific
2: I would thought. love to hear them.
1: Very specific thought, because you
2: cut out, but... <laughs> One thought. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> One brain cell. One brain cell. Always
1: dedicated to Draco Malfoy's mother.
2: <laughs> I will say, also, as an overarching, like, thing, I am very interested to see how the authors writing style develops over the course of the books Mm -hmm. because i've heard Mm -hmm. so i mentioned this a little bit that my dad was reading harry potter at thanksgiving i showed back up for christmas holiday break and my dad and brother were both reading harry potter (laughs) so i got to hear like, like trying not to spoil conversations between the two of them in my presence about about the books and they were both remarking about how the later books the writing style sort of matures with the age of the characters is, yes. is something yeah. they were remarking on and I'm
0: The writing style and the content. Yeah,
2: so I'm I'm really interested to see how that happens.
0: It's the only series I've ever read that does grow with the reader it or grew with the readers as they were coming as the books were coming out, but doesn't really work necessarily as well once all the books are out.
1: Extremely. I'm so glad that I read them as they were coming out. And it's Me one too. of those things where like I have friends who have children who are like anywhere between the ages of two and five now. Mm -hmm. And they are all thinking about how to introduce their children to Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are like at age seven, they will get one book a year. And I was like, that's not going to (laughs) work.
0: No, because it's in society
1: now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's it's just you can't replicate the experience that we had.
2: I mean, there is something to to giving kids books with age-appropriate content Yeah, at certain yeah. ages. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you probably wouldn't want to give your kid the entire series at age seven.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't start. That's what I would do. I would wait till later and probably read, or start then, but read the, like, because I have the illustrated books. It would be really fun to read the illustrated books with them. Yeah. But anyway, also... Questioning whether to read it at all with them because that's another yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like them to find their own series that they will grow up with, like that.
1: I sort of wonder. So here's here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been mm, almost ten years since the final Harry Potter movie came out. Yeah, next year will be the ten year because it was. 2011 God, mm-hmm. that's right I, th- I he first of all <laughs> the young girl playing pepper in good omens would make a fucking killer hermione Ooh. shout out to that actress yeah because holy fuck she would make a killer hermione give me seven seasons
0: yes of a television show yes yes
1: first and second book yes. can be one season and then you spread out books probably six and seven over two seasons
0: i I thought that after every movie after the second one basically yeah (laughs) like please make a tv show instead
1: and i think that that would work so much better especially with the netflix model and like make it like a 12 to 15 episode season like it doesn't need to be 22 episodes like yeah but i think that this would work way better i also think that with a television show and with the success and changes well success is a strong word at this point but with the success (laughs) and changes that they made to game of thrones and good omens, and all of these like modernizations that they're giving to older books, yeah. they could actually oh, go through and, and fix and a Anne lot Green of Game things. And with an E, yeah, I think they could go through and fix a lot of what we're talking about, like the editor's notes that we would have had if mm-hmm. they
0: were allowed to, which I they would never say, be allowed to. If
1: it was <laughs> I'm not so sure. from the <laughs> author's it could, grasp. Well, that's the thing is, like, she was never actually involved as much in the original seven movies.
0: Yeah, but she would be. <laughs> I don't yeah. think she would let them. I don't know. I, I feel like... I
1: wonder if WB would prevent her from getting involved. That's true.
0: I'm thinking but WB also does Fantastic Beasts, right? And she was way too involved in that.
1: Yeah. Let her continue to play in that realm. Like but
2: she would <laughs> just give her that and like quietly make a TV show on the side while she's not looking. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have hope.
2: Yep. <laughs> here, you can play in this racist, misogynistic sandbox, and we'll make a nice and diverse and respectful show over here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. Uh, and cast the girl... Oh, I need to find that actress's name. I need to rewatch that show. I not remember. That was uh, a good miniseries. Shout out to... It was yeah. great. Shout out it to whoever
2: wrote and directed that, and cast that, yeah. and everything.
1: And shout out to Neil Gaiman, who is still, like out and about on Tumblr like being great about that show. <laughs> yeah. The actress's name is where is the list please? Pepper. Pepper Pepper. Uh reese A M M A R I S. Nice. Reis. is also oh was apparently also in His Dark Materials um oh, as okay. uh one of the children in one of the most recent episodes I won't give anything away but in the episode Demon Cages. Cool. So fuck yeah, go Ama. I think she would make a really fantastic Hermione. Any final wrap-up? I think we've covered just about everything there is to say about this book. Um, If you missed it, I tweeted out the handwriting example from this book. I will continue to add on to that thread as we come across handwriting in the American editions in future books. uh, Many, many, many characters get handwriting examples. I'm very
2: excited for
1: that going through here uh Mafalda Hopkirk right away in book two never heard that name before can't wait (laughs) don't worry you definitely don't have to forget that character at all immediately so that you're not surprised in a future book (laughs) she's also one of those people that like pops up in fan fiction and I'm like I keep forgetting that um she she exists like more popular (laughs) because she only existed a few times yeah there's going to be some interesting aspects to book two we are going to bring in, or attempt to bring in, a friend of mine who is uh, British and a Slytherin. Uh, since this book two, which E, any last guesses? Title.
2: Oh, um, <laughs> shoot. Uh.
1: <laughs>
0: we, we, we did already say it. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: uh,
1: uh, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah! Got yeah, there it! We go. <laughs> Chamber of Secrets has, um, a lot of Slytherin in it, and with a lot of focus on the Slytherins. And so uh, we are going to try and bring in my friend uh, who can talk and lend a Slytherin perspective. Yeah, Yeah,
2: that'll be awesome.
1: We are probably going to take a couple weeks off. So our first Book 2 episode will be in February. We will keep you updated on our Twitter, which is at Potternaut, and our Tumblr, which is at Potternaut. But if you would like to read along, we are going to read Book 2 in three chapter chunks all the way through. It's 18 chapters. It's up nicely. And so the first three chapters are The Worst Birthday, Dobby's Warning, and The Burrow. Yeah. All
0: right. I am Adela. You can find me on Twitter at Aredel, A-R-E-D-H-E-L, underscore, underscore. Uh, You can also find me on YouTube at Aredel Grace. And you can listen to another podcast that I'm on, an actual play called Flight of Magic, which is an actual play of the game Fall of Magic, on every podcasting platform
1: i am zoe you can find me on twitter at zoe Topaz, zoetopaz z-o-e-t-o-p-a-z uh, and you can buy my book ostentatious the evolving world of jane austen fans wherever books are and sold i am
2: e you can find me at cel L One Zero e on twitter and also on twitch and youtube i am starting streaming again in the new year so hit me up for uh right now stardew valley and dragon age streams Excellent. and you can find more music by Morgan Jackson who did our fantastic theme at we did the time warp
1: again.bandcamp.com.
0: Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy
1: New Happy, <laughs> Happy 2020, 2020 Happy 2020. If you're listening to this in the future, just know that we have reached 2020 and Australia is currently on fire. Please donate to any charities that you can find. There's a lot of fantastic artists that are doing sales to support wildlife preservation and firefighting efforts in Australia. Please, if you are listening to this upcoming very soon, know that uh, the United States is not planning on being happy anytime soon, as far as I can tell. And, you know, we have no interest in going to war with Iran. Everybody, please be
0: safe and take
1: care of yourselves. Yeah, make sure you hydrate this year. Take care of
2: yourselves. Take care of each other. Donate when you can.
1: Yeah, and... To echo what we said at the beginning of our last episode, we are so happy for all of you to be part of this fandom with us. Yeah. And we thank you for...
0: Yeah. We have been surprised and delighted by the support that we've gotten for this show. Yeah, the
2: reception to this podcast has been absolutely amazing. And we're going to keep doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're We're going to jump into my least favorite book. Um (laughs) Oh, (laughs) no. We're excited, except for Zoe. (laughs) When E, when you've read all seven books, um, I'm very excited to hear your ranking. Okay. Ooh, yes. And Adela, we should we should think about our ranking. I, I have my ranking. Oh, I mean, to be fair, same. I also have <laughs> a ranking. But um, we should see if this reread changes our ranking. Yeah. So. Yeah. All we'll right. See you all in February. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody.
0: Thank you. <laughs>